You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real and filtered conversation on family, love, career, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm Mindy Chang, your host. And I'm sorry, guys, because it's been a minute. I'm so sorry. It's been a hiatus. Kenji, stop distracting me when I'm trying to introduce my podcast. <sighs> We're going to start this podcast with a fight. No, just kidding. Welcome, everybody. Um, I have been away for a minute, and I apologize, but I'm back with a vengeance. And uh, this week, so glad that you're joining me in my virtual living room while I sit in my closet and record this with Kenji, my boyfriend. Hi, Kenji. Hi. He is my guest for this week as we talk about conflict resolution. You ready? You're like, I'm back with a vengeance. (laughs) (laughs) How ironic. How ironic. That's the theme here. So let's get started. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. First of all, how are you? I'm good. Do you want to, you already introduced yourself, but this might be a whole new batch of listeners. So do you want to say hi? What am I supposed to say? Kenji's used to being a listener. He's not used to being the speaker. I don't like talking to an invisible audience. It's fun. Or a visible audience, actually. Yeah, it's fine. I enjoy it. You just have to pretend like you're talking to me. But right here, you have to pretend like you're talking to an audience. (laughs) I'm coaching you. (laughs) Okay. Where are you from? Who are you? So I grew up all over the place, moving quite a bit. So I've grown up in Japan. I've grown up in Washington grown up in Kentucky, Michigan, Utah, and I've traveled and lived in other places too. But that's so you're continuing to grow it. now too here with me, right? Yep, in North Hollywood. Yes. Don't out my location. <laughs> there might be some creepy people out there. Anyways. We are at. <laughs> we are at. Longitudinal, attitudinal coordinates. Shush. Okay, so what we wanted to do, or I wanted to do, and why I forced Kenji to come speak with me is about... Well, the the overall theme I wanted to talk about was fighting, but the actual thing I wanted to talk about is how to resolve fights. And uh, I feel like conflict resolution is a very broad term to address conflicts that we have. Obviously, we have our internal conflicts, right? But this is when we're dealing with others, whether that be somebody that you are in a romantic relationship with, a friendship, roommates, family. Um, it's a very common struggle that I think a lot of people deal with. And Kenji and I have grown a lot in our relationship. We had our last, I don't know when our last podcast episode was. That was like a A while ago. A while ago. And um, we were talking about long distance relationships. So we kind of touched upon it there. But I really wanted to dive in and share some of our thoughts, recommendations, especially because I think Kenji's really, really insightful in this area. And I've learned a lot by, by dating, by dating you. I'll give you your ten dollars later. <laughs> Thank you. This this podcast was sponsored by. <laughs> okay, so to start things off, so you okay? I'll start it off by by sharing the fact that I feel I've been in a lot of different romantic relationships since you know elementary school, right? But I think I've actually really struggled with resolving conflicts. I think more than anything. What I've learned through our relationship is how much I've run away from conflicts. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like you're a lot more comfortable addressing them head on. Would you say that that's accurate? Yeah, right conflict now? is great. It makes things more interesting. Really? Sometimes. So you're the drama queen in this relationship? <laughs> no, I like to resolve. Con- it's not The conflict's not always my fault. Is that your disclaimer? <laughs> No, just in general things, like if my friends have conflict and I'm the peacemaker or like the third party, or if I'm going through conflict too, I I find it better to just talk it out instead of, well, no, I haven't always been good at that either, but some people just bottle it up and they explode. Yeah. Exhibit A, Minji Chang. (laughs) But 
And and the thing is that also people can, there's a lot of coping mechanisms besides bottling it up. There's people who can be really passive aggressive, which is like the signature. Yeah, that's me. Asian stuff. You're, yeah. How do you think that that plays out? What would be your example of when you are not addressing conflict head on when you're being kind of passive aggressive? I think I'm overly passive aggressive to the point where it's very obvious. So how? it is, I don't know. I just, people have always told me I'm passive aggressive. I've told you that. <laughs> yeah. But every person I've dated has told me that too. And I'm always like, what do you mean? <laughs> Again, I'm pointing the question, the actual issue. I feel like I'm very obvious when I'm upset or unhappy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's passive. I think it's active aggressive. You're super passive aggressive because you're not actually stating that you're upset. Or like passive aggressive is like when someone asks you, are you okay? Or is something wrong? And you're like, no, I'm fine. Or is that what you're going to do? Or like, fine, we don't have to talk. I don't know. Next. <laughs> do you see? Well, for me, I'm more the former, what you're talking about, bottling it up. Like, I will, I've actually struggled with, I mean, I talked about this in a lot of other podcasts where I talked about my Me Too story even. Just, I was really, really skilled and used to always acting like everything's really fine Mm -hmm. so I think there was like a spectrum of my growth that at the beginning I would really just pretend like nothing's wrong and that I don't think that's good or healthy at all that's good and then I moved into being a passive aggressive person and now I'm working on being more direct I think my passive aggressiveness stems more from knowing myself and knowing that if time passed either like I want time to consider the other person's point of view. Mm-hmm. So I might not agree with something in the moment and I might be vocal about that, but I don't necessarily want to talk about it because I want to consider all the facts and viewpoints. So I want to rethink where I'm coming from. Am I justified in feeling a certain way? I want to better understand like where you're coming from or whoever it is. Are they justified in how they feel? What's the best way to get through it? And that takes a lot of time to think through so I might be vocal or like unhappy and be like whatever but I'll continue to, to linger and think about that and brood and brood until I'm ready to actually talk about it and then I talk about it and I'm over it usually that's at that point where you're like what <laughs> hey and I'm like oh I feel great we talked about this cool and now I'm like what are you talking about and then yeah actually okay so that's and that's why I wanted you to be my guest to talk about this because I, my signature style has been, if I'm going to address it, I address it right then and there. And it's pretty explosive sometimes. Or it's just highly emotional. I think that's the better way to describe it. Yeah, like, sometimes it's not great to talk about it right when it right. happens. Right. And that's what I've learned. From, like, I'm very impressed by the fact that you can step away and really give things time to percolate. It's a good balance, though, because some people don't talk about it ever. And mm. some... and. Not oftentimes. Various times it is important when something happens to address it in that moment. You know, when it's in front of all your friends and family. Right. It's at like a family dinner. It's really important to address it right then and then. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There's the perfect, it's the most opportune moment. Yeah. So then you have witnesses and people can take sides. Yeah. You can take a poll and then you can live stream it and then be like, who is right and who is wrong? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think you touch upon a really important strategy. I would say like we're just going to dive right in with the strategies that which in our relationship, you've been a lot more rational. And I've I'm usually I can be rational, but my but my rationale still gets kind of not murky. kind of murky and highly impacted by how angry or agitated or like frustrated or sad that I am. It kind of that that usually takes over. So my challenge is to step away. But it can be kind of frustrating. So, like, I'm I'm also just sending out my, my hugs. Like, I get it for people who are a little volatile. <laughs> but the thing is, for me, when I'm really emotional, I mean, I don't look at myself like, oh, I'm just being irrational. Like, I'm really there feeling all sorts of, like, anger or sadness or just frustration that it can be really infuriating that you're so quiet or you're just, like— you have the ability to just back out completely and be emotionless and just be r- totally logical. Sometimes it drives me a little crazy. 
Yeah, because... Because logic drives emotional people nuts. <laughs> logic is important. It like, is important. A goes to... Like, if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. But then if you're like, A equals B and D equals Q and A sometimes equals Q, but then Z is important too. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then sometimes I'll explain how I feel and it like, it doesn't even, anyways, yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. So then, it, then it gets to the point of like, does it help to continue talking and arguing about this if there's no logic to it? Because like, no, I've, it's like stepping through a minefield without having a map. Like you don't really know how you're going to get through it or if it's even possible without like blowing a leg and arm off yourself. Exactly. So I'd rather just like step back and be like, okay, I'm going to just like backtrack and then just chill until the other party calms down and can think logically. And just as a caveat, this is definitely, I think it frequently happens because you spend so much time, you get very intimate in an intimate relationship with a romantic partner. But I've actually had to deal with these kinds of conflicts in terms of just differing personalities or approaches like logic versus like things that kind of are prioritized in a conflict between like coworkers between I mean in collaboration I work with a bunch of volunteers so like making sure that everybody's on the same page can be really challenging sometimes so yeah though we are talking about this through a romantic relationship because we're talking about the you and me I think you know you and I have both in, been in different relationships working with different people interacting with different people and friends who can be equally frustrating because you just you just don't operate the same way yeah yeah like i've been on the emotional side i've dated girls that were very logical analytical and definitely smarter than i am but then i would just become emotional and mix emotions and logic and just make stuff up as i argued just to prove that i could win the argument and it would just not be pretty but it was fun was it fun? I know, sometimes. <laughs> Drama can be fun. Like, the argument of, like, debating is fun. Yeah. Especially when the other person is smart. It's kind of fun. It's good to know that's a pastime of yours. <laughs> but, yeah. Because also in arguing, too, you really get, as long as it's not something incredibly important, if it's about politics, well... I don't really think politics is that important, but it's about politics. I would argue nay. Or like policy or just like likes and dislikes. When you argue with people and force them to really back their thoughts and conclusions, you really get to understand where they come from and what they value. Yeah. And that's where I take a lot of my joy in arguments is you get to know the other person a lot better and why they care so much. And so a lot of arguments at the end of it, I'm like, cool, that was great. Like, I got to know you better. And then the other person's like, you're such a jerk. I don't know. Breaking I don't know. Things. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, I like thought that changing. was great. No, but I appreciate that because it's a different approach. And I think I was upfront with you early on that, like, sometimes I'd like to argue just for argument's sake, just to get to understand. Yeah, that totally person. went over my head. But I was, like, very clear in explaining that to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you and I, I mean, the reason why we connected so much when we first started dating was because we talked for so long and had differing points of view. And I was really, really fascinated to hear where you came from because it's very different than how I was raised or different perspective and interests. And that can be really great. And it's just like the flip side of that being with somebody, again, romantic, friendship, professionally or otherwise, is that you also have to deal with those differences and find a way to coexist. And I think fighting for me, this is... Well, and this is in regards to like romantic relationships. I used to think that fighting was just really, really bad and really indicative of a bad relationship. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's understanding that I think also helps people step back and see why they get so worked up if they are facing conflict. You know what I mean? That's like another layer behind that. Because some people can be really welcoming to conflict just because they're like, oh, well, this is good. We're going to carve out where we stand on things and we're mm -hmm. going to be getting to know each other better. There's a positive way to look at an argument or disagreement. But for somebody who values harmony like I do, <laughs> who believes that like or has a mindset that if you are in disagreement about something that it means you're not compatible or you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a fundamental flaw that can be really that's an important thing to know. I think that's where my 
upbringing, like my religious upbringing, has helped in a lot of ways. How so? There's like just welcoming two things. Like one, just that. So growing up Mormon or a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, because they don't like to use the word Mormon anymore. <laughs> this is going to be a current, tangent. Current, 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 current events. Um, but you grew up with the belief that there's a heavenly father, heavenly mother, God, and that we are literal children of God. So that makes all of us brothers and sisters. So there is a responsibility to look after one another. Um, whether you dislike or disagree, there's very much the idea that we're kind of all in this together. Um, so it's always interested me, like where people's different upbringings, like just moving every year or two growing up from the East Coast to the West Coast, to the South, to the Midwest. I was always curious to understand why people live a certain way, act a certain way, believe a certain thing, um, just so I can get a better understanding of where my brothers and sisters come from and how their environment has affected them. Um, and arguing was a big part of that, I think, just because I was always different. Um, whether it was because I was Japanese and looked different or whether because I was Mormon and believed differently. I was always the like double minority. Uh, so I, maybe it was like when I was younger, understanding where people came from and how they thought a certain way was research into allowing me to be more like them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't because you have to acclimate to so many different yeah. things, and but also adjust. like made them less scary. If I, they, uh, all of they, <laughs> yeah. But then also later on, when I chose to be a, a missionary for my church, you spend two years away from your family, from anyone that you know, and you have these transfer periods every six weeks where the church assigns you a a person to live with, a companion to be with. 24 7 and you can't leave eyesight from one another the only time you're apart from each other is like when you use the bathroom and when you shower so you're stuck with this person that you don't know and you're expected to get along with them Mm -hmm. so once a week you go through these these checklists of things to kind of do inventory on like how your relationship's doing like are you being productive are you able to serve the the people in the area and the members of the church, the people that you are teaching um, while maintaining a healthy relationship with this 19 to 21 to stranger. Yeah. The stranger that you get to know very well, but you have no choice in who you're with. And you could be with that person for multiple transfers. So you could be with them for 18 weeks or you could just be with them for six weeks, but six weeks is still a long time. If you don't get along with that person. Right. And you learn to talk every week. You open up with, Oh, you start with positive things about each other. So you talk it out and then you would talk about negative things or things you can work on. Um, and you write down these goals for each other, like for the two of you to improve. And so after going through that for two years, when you're constantly rotating people and you could have the worst like spawn of Satan as this person that you have to be with for 18 weeks, putting it mildly. Yeah. And then at the same time being so focused on being devoutly obedient and religious on top and of that kind relationship. To everybody and everybody. <laughs> yeah, and, and you have to be like happy. And, and welcoming and lovely. Yeah, and you can't like... While people go, are giving you crap every day. You can't de-stress by like going to the movies or like reading a book that you want to or listening. Like my big thing would have been like watching movies, listening to music. Like while you're a missionary, there's none of that. Like your fun is reading the New Testament. Like... <laughs> This not is awesome. laughing at you. I'm just saying, like that's like literally the the polar opposite of wh- how I would cope with something. But that's yeah, that's but an it, interesting discipline. It's great though because it allows experience. you to really understand your faith and utilize how the things that Christ taught can help you become a better person and put things aside. It's really it drives discipline and understanding and and. And living your faith. So then after going through that, like going acclimating back to college life and being able to choose your friends, 
it's a lot easier. Like yeah. it makes you grateful for being able to choose who you want to room with or who you want to live with or who you want to hang out with. And you have like tools. You have uh, you have a str- not a strategy, but you have like resources within yourself because you've practiced it. You actually mm-hmm. know how to deal with somebody awful and figure out. Oh, there might be a middle ground here because I think that's what really. Because obviously we're talking about like we tangentially mentioned politics, but like we're in a society in a world where everything is super polarized and everybody kind of digs deep, like harder and more stubbornly yeah, into like what they think. People are just insecure and dumb. Like if they care to Thanks, understand Kenji. other people, <laughs> no, like if they care to like understand where their brothers and sisters or like friends or family are coming from and really empathize and talk things through, there's a lot more that people agree on and disagree on, but people are so scared and probably can't vocalize or really truly understand where they fit. So they just choose to focus on the differences. Well, I don't call them dumb right off there because I'm in that group. No, of people. because it, it comes with their. Because there's people you disagree with too, even though you yeah, do yeah, understand but, where they come from. But that kind of. Religious host, religious political hostility that's around now comes from ignorance, lack of research, like just people well, that watch one news channel that starts with an F and ends with an ox, <laughs> and just listen to that, and then I agree, and they base their whole lives on that. Which I have relatives that do that, but. They're basing everything off of what one person said, and then but that's poli- anything that they don't understand beyond that channel, yeah, is a giant question mark. So they don't know how to argue those points or even talk about those points. So it comes from a lack of understanding, a lack of research. Like, but that's what, what happened in the days where you go to your like library and open up those. But that I feel like you're. I feel like it's very sweet that you're. You have so much faith in people to like get up off their butts and go research stuff. But coming from a place where I grew up religious and I'm no longer religious, and having certain foundational beliefs of like what it is to be right and wrong and what values to to prioritize in terms of kindness and generosity and peace and loving you know loving your neighbor as yourself i absolutely grew up with those in mind mind you there are different ways that that gets practiced but mm-hmm. i think when people get really stubborn about what it's again it's a lot to do with their emotions it's not necessarily out of ignorance it's kind of like to me i feel like it's not practicing managing your feelings well to be True. honest yeah so it's not necessarily like you're stupid it's maybe like more i would say a better accurate word would be maybe and it's not to hate on you because i'm putting myself in the boat with you it's like an emotional immaturity more yeah. immature than than dumb it's not like you're you're stupid like but people fear what they don't understand. Right. And if they don't take the chance to understand where people are coming from or where ideas come from, it shows immaturity for sure. Right. But it's also a lack of just knowledge or... But that's also the other thing that you and I have argued about is like understanding to have empathy is is to have understanding for where the other person's coming from. Yeah, and I would have empathy for a person that like is growing up in these like tin shacks in South Africa or they're like raised their entire life in some tribe in I don't know where there's no electricity or running water but today most everyone has a smartphone and you can just yeah, be like on all the time. okay Google <laughs> tell me about this and like Alexa or any home smart home speaker any smartphone you can research stuff and look at three sources like Within two minutes. Okay, but that's okay. So you're talking specifically about like a lot of political issues and things. Not just that can, political, like but it even your not even religious of it. I'm talking about also where we come Understanding from, where, where people when, come from. Yeah, when other people yeah. get emotionally riled up, when we disagree about things, when we feel like our when our pride has been hurt, when our feelings have been hurt, when we're not validated, like half the arguments. The funny thing is that you to you when we have our conflicts. We're, we've been figuring this out for a while, and I think we're in a much better place than we used to be. It's it's great because you get where I how I operate more. Mm-hmm. It's not that like, and I understand how you operate. I know that you kind of not 
I could look at it like, oh, you're shutting down. But like, no, you're you're going to be quiet to like gather your thoughts, to think about it and see how you feel the next day or like even 30 minutes from that highly emotional moment. But for me, it's like you're not validating how crappy I feel. I feel like yeah. complete and utter garbage. And you're just like being really quiet and not talking to me. Those are like the also the things that has nothing to do with kind of like whether you're smart or dumb or research, or whatever. That's just kind of like a personality trait or the way that you operate when you're in a highly emotional situation. Mm-hmm. And I think to what you're saying, when you feel like you know or don't know what you're talking about, that also fuels how you're going to react. Yeah. Like gone are the days of elementary school or middle school when I would have like sleepover with friends and we talk about... You got to have sleepovers? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about like... Or this would be like on a band trip or something. I don't know, like a school trip. And we'd be on the bus, like overnight bus ride, or we went to like eighth grade DC trip or something. And we talk about religion, like these kids. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because I would be the only Mormon kid at my school or like on my bus. And then there'd be like Reformed Christian. There'd be like someone that's Jewish or like Seventh-day Adventist. And definitely, yeah, I had a friend that was a Jehovah's Witness growing up. And... Maybe it's because we were younger, but everyone was just curious, like, oh, so what do you think about this? Or what does your church believe about this? And we would share. And sometimes, you know, someone would ask a question about your church and you'd be like, I don't know. But people weren't afraid to say, I don't know. And I think as you get older. Yeah, you want to know. Yeah, you don't want to come off as dumb. So you just make stuff. That's what I did with my arguments in the past. I just make stuff up. I'm glad that you can own up to that. Well, it's fun because after the argument was done, I'd just be like, I had no idea what I was talking about, but I got to understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't know. About the, the, the. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, when it comes to the conflict resolution of relationships, um, I think just what we touched upon earlier is communication style matters a lot. Like, Because some people are not as verbal and some people are, they prioritize like different things more than others. I think both and of us are... a lot of that has to do with understanding who you are and how you take and give things. Right. That maturity that you talked about. Well, the funny thing is I felt like I understood myself really well, but I didn't have it. I was not good at explaining it to you or to anybody else. There is an element, like, I've had arguments where um, where girlfriends will explain how they fight with their partner, mm-hmm. and I will take their partner's side. Like, I can be—my friends are amazing because I feel like we're very, very honest with each other, and we're not necessarily just stroking egos or, like, feeding you lies. Mm-hmm. We actually try to help each other by giving perspective on— Hey, I'm more like your partner, actually. And if you did X, Y, Z and didn't explain anything to me, I'd be kind of confused and frustrated, you know. And so that honest feedback has helped me get me more understanding of how I operate. And I did realize before I even met you, obviously, in other relationships, how much I would I would want the guy to just know. I don't want to explain anything. And that's a very common theme in a lot of relationships where, like, you yeah, don't want to explain not anything. fair. It's not fair, but also I've you and I have argued about this that like as you spend more time with a person, you can start to pick up on their tendencies and things that For matter sure. to them. And to be completely ignorant, to plead ignorance all the time, I don't think yeah, it's fair I, either. I get that. Because for women, a lot of women, this is very like heteronormative and very generalized and sexual uh, stereotypical. So pardon me, but a lot of women will argue that like they take the effort to read their whoever they're with. Not even just their partner, but other people. They read people and they're like, oh, that person really doesn't like to be touched. They don't like it when blah, blah, blah. And they'll cater to that. And so it feels unfair when that effort to read between lines or to like see what kind of person they are, that effort is not reciprocated. So I think that fundamentally can be really frustrating too. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So anyway, this is why relationships are endlessly fascinating because we're all different and have different ways of thinking. And that's the trick of dating, right? You have to find someone that is going to have your best interest and your back at the forefront of their mind so that like if both parties do that to each other, then everything's great. Yeah. 
do you think? Okay, before we move to questions from the audience, we have some. We I posted this on my social media to get some questions from listeners and friends about what they wanted to have answered, get our opinions on conflict resolution. But what do you think has been our biggest growth area? Like, how do you think? Because we used to fight a lot. I thought it was like a normal amount. Is that normal? Because is that normal to me? Yeah, but like you said, you used to run away from fights. Yeah. So if you run away from things, how's how's any presence of that going to be normal? I did fight. I just did it, you know, like yeah. I would avoid it and shut I'm it. I'm kind of joking. Okay. I think our upbringings were very different. And I think we are, the more we get to talk and the more time we spend, the less we're intimidated by like the unknown of certain things. I think we do our best to understand where or how the other grew up and was influenced by certain things or the lives that we led. And instead of focusing now that we've kind of talked through that, it has helped us both understand how it shaped us to be the way we are today. And now that we understand kind of that foundation, it's helped us to not focus so much on the past, but look at the present and the future. And I think a lot of it just had to do with us learning who each other are Mm -hmm. and being okay with that and be like, okay, I feel okay with that. I feel comfortable with who you are so that we can focus more on who we want to be together. Mm -hmm. That's how we've grown is just being able to talk through all of that and learning to open up about the past or experiences. I mean, we're still working through that, but it's gotten easier. Yeah. Which is surprising. Honestly, for me, I'm, again, like the person that I described earlier where I basically viewed friction as a sign of like blatant fundamental incompatibility. Um, That's how I, like, I was honestly very, I'd say like very fairy tale about a lot of things where I just wanted everything to be perfect. And even though I wasn't consciously thinking that, I feel like I was a very, I've always been very, you know, woke and progressive and be like, no, relationships aren't perfect. It takes a lot of work. I would say stuff Mm -hmm. like that, but then I didn't actually want to do that work. So when conflicts arose, it would really shake me. It would really make me go like is this the right person like why do I care about talking to him he pisses me off so much or like it's so difficult to work through x y or z but and then you met me uh, (laughs) (laughs) and then um I think what I was it was funny because the ironic thing is working through our problems in a different way made me appreciate you for different reasons because I if I stepped back and once I would let the anger or frustration subside and to check myself in like what I actually believe versus what I practice, I would recognize this is somebody that I can fight with. Like I can be really honest with him, like pretty brutally honest with him. And he still comes back wanting to resolve things. Like you would put an effort to, to comfort me. And like speaking of communication styles, like both of us are very affectionate. And the fact that we could be super pissed and he would come up and hug me or just like hold my hand. It would automatically dissipate a lot of yeah. whatever fury I was feeling because it would just remind me like this guy really does care about me. Yeah, we're really different. And it's so, okay to disagree. It's okay to disagree. And so those discoveries honestly made me appreciate just fights in a different way and conflict resolution. It is still really frustrating. <laughs> I'm not saying, but we are way better at it. I feel like my, uh, I get mad and then my, what's the word? You know, it's like my, it just doesn't last that long. I feel like I'll get peeved and you'll know it, but then I'll be like, it's not even worth it. It's not worth being mad over. And I'll just like, I'll hug him or something. Yeah. Jimmy Chin, Randall Park. Which one would you choose? Let us know in the comments below. That was an actual fight. Anyway, um... We don't need to go into that. I'm going to get mad again. What do you, um, what do you, uh, what would you advise if some, if you're like coming from like the super logical person and I'm more of the emotional one, what would you advise somebody in having to deal with somebody who's, you know, 
a very, therapist. Very passionate. <laughs> well, I'm not yeah, against probably. that. But talking about friction, too, like, I think people need to understand that conflict and friction is necessary. It's like polishing a stone. Mm-hmm. Friction's yeah. not bad. It's important. That's good. How would you advise someone to deal with, like, an emotional person? Someone who gets, like, you're the... It depends the... on your tolerance level. But, um, I mean, I've seen people in relationships where there's a lot of friction, and I thought... Like, there are no moments where they can talk and chill. Like, it's just always fighting and yelling. Yeah. And I thought, oh, oh, wow, they're getting married. I don't know if that's going to last. Yeah. And it didn't. So, I think, like, those love goggles that you get when you first start dating someone and you're, like, Twitter-pated over someone. Great word. Yeah. I think you should... Take into account what your closest friends think. They're not always right, but I think they give a a third party. Like, they know you. They know what it's like to interact with you and be around you. And so if they see you interacting with someone and they throw up some red flags, like, take, in, take those into account. Like, they, they might not be like, oh, those are red flags, you should break up with them, but see those red flags and be like, oh, those are things we should maybe work on. Yeah. Um, but your friends are important. Still haven't answered my question. What? What was the question? How to deal? First of all, listen. Yeah, talk, no, no, how to deal with it is to talk to your friends. Okay, but when you're dealing with me, when you when you and I are in a direct heated moment, and I'm getting I'm crying or something, I'm getting mad. What's your What's your strategy? I don't know what goes through your head. I think my strategy is that I need to wait till you're a little bit calmer Mm -hmm. so we can talk about it when you're not so emotionally involved in that conversation, like for waiting so you can step back Mm -hmm. and then we can talk about it. Okay. I think that's a great strategy. Yeah, but then sometimes you like want to keep on talking about it, even if I'm I'm like, oh, maybe we shouldn't talk about this for a little bit, and you're like, but this, 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 and I'm like, what? I'm like, what? <laughs> anyways, <laughs> so it's, and sometimes I give in. I'm like, oh, you want to talk about this now? Let's talk about this now. When I should say, you know what? We probably should just sleep on this. And that's another thing I've learned more recently is I used to always think it's not good to go to bed angry, and I was like, no, sometimes it's good because like gives your mind a rest and you can talk about it in the morning and maybe in the morning it's you realize that what you were arguing about is just dumb and you don't have to argue about it yeah okay that's happened multiple times for me where i'm kind of upset about something and i I, you know i have these restless nights where it takes me forever to fall asleep no i just i fall asleep asleep really quick yeah within like 30 seconds yeah i wake up the next morning annoying when i'm like not able to sleep because i'm actually upset and he's like But yeah, so the next morning I wake up and it's not a big deal and you get to refocus on what is important. So time does give and offer perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I will also commend you though. When you, when you give me a hug or when you validate me or I know the, how that you've, and that's a, that's props to you because you've explained to me how important that is. Yeah. So then I make sure I incorporate those things. That's my big growth thing. That's why. Okay. So if you are the emotional one, i.e. me, and you're dealing with someone who's super logical and cool as a cucumber and like you want to punch them in the face because they just are not reacting and you're all upset and you're like upset by yourself and it's like, ah, um, ah, ah, strategies is I do have to literally learn how to breathe, (laughs) how to take deep breaths how to calm myself down um, because here's the funny thing. Like when I'm really emotional, I still am logical. It just doesn't win. That's all. <laughs> the logic is there. I just like, shut up, go away. I hate him. <laughs> and I'm not talking to anybody. I hate everybody. Go away. But in my head, even at the times where I'm really heated, I know I'm like, I know that this is, <laughs> I've had these crappy moments where I'm like, this is so stupid. And I know that this is good. I'm going to be embarrassed later and we're going to apologize. We're going to laugh. This is going to be so dumb because this is all really petty and ridiculous. Like I'm aware of those things when it's in my head, when even when I'm in the moment. So 
giving more space for that voice is important. And I think that's a part of where I'm proud that I've grown to breathe, to take deep breaths and step back and really acknowledge my logical voice and be like, I care about this guy. I know that in the grid, I ask myself, like, is this worth like having a bad night's sleep over? You know, is this worth like all like we've come this far and this isn't going to be the thing that wrecks everything you know like I have to ask myself so kind of walking myself down off my own ledge um and also using my words to explain better to Kenji like that's the biggest growth I think is to explain directly to him hey this is how I feel and using the I statements they still work so so good and so well for me Mm -hmm. to be able to explain to you and not expect you to read my freaking mind all the time Though I have asked you, I was like, hey, can you just read me better? Like, we've had this many fights. I think at this point, you do know I get pretty riled up. And they're, you know, if you do X, Y, Z, I'll automatically feel better. But if that's not of your the utmost importance to you because you you're mad at me, you don't care. It still will just help the situation if you just say, like, if you validate what I'm feeling. And if anybody wants to see a really funny video that encapsulates all of this, go go on YouTube and watch It's Not About the Nail. It's my friend Monica Barbaro, who's an amazing actress. Um, she was in this very funny skit where she just, it just shows how differently people argue. Where the guy's trying to solve it and she's just like, I just want you to validate that I feel crappy. And then he says, oh, that really sucks. And she's like, oh, thank you. I just ruined the video for you. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. I like the video of the little Asian girl that's like, low and calm. Be easy. She's talking to her mom or something yeah, after they got in a fight, her yeah. parents. In any case, you'll be okay. Um, think about what things are worth, not like what crap you're dealing with that you want to get rid of and throw away. Just breathe and work on it. And it's it's going to take time. So we're going to take a couple questions. We have so many that came in. Um, all one of them. All in a But we're going to pretend there's 10. We're just going to make up nine. Shush. <laughs> I don't lie on this. Okay. Um, so what are some strategies? This is from Preston. What are some strategies for third parties to help disengage? I would kind of advise don't, don't get in the middle of it. But if you're there for a friend, just listen to them. Let, let them be a place where they can blow off steam and maybe help them figure out what values are important to them and help identify like is this worth getting this mad over i don't know yeah what are you what about you it's been a while since i've had to be the third party mm -hmm. you've gone to third parties about our issues not that many but you have yeah this is actually okay this is a that question ties in with this question from Kathy. Is it fair to disclose your relationship problems to an outside party, to relative, best friend, therapist, or should conflict stay only between parties involved? We've had this conversation. Yes, we have. Because I strongly believe that it should stay between the two parties involved because it's an important part of it's those two really people. Uh -huh. oh, it's because I'm leaning in towards the mic. It's important for people to learn how to communicate with each other. If you're consistently going to, to your best friend or... A friend that's a, of the opposite sex, like there's inherent issues that will arise from that if you never learn how to resolve issues together. Mm -hmm. I still know people that are married that like the wife has to go to her mom with for everything. Mm -hmm. It's kind of ironic because well, it's interesting because all the couples that I know where this is an issue, it usually is because the wife has to talk to the mom mm. or a girlfriend like about everything. And the guy's just like, whatever, I don't know. Um, because he feels like it's not between the two of them. Yeah, because he knows that whenever he gets in a fight with his wife, it's not a fight with the wife. It's a fight with the wife, her best friend, and her mom. Mm. And it's already three to one. Mm. Um, so I always grew up being told and being taught through church, through family, the importance of learning to communicate with your partner. Or whoever you're talking to. Yeah, or whoever you're talking to. Whoever the conflict's with, go to that person. Yeah. Because I used to do that. I used to have issues with people, like just friends, and I would talk with other people, and it just turns into gossip. Yeah. Um, it very easily turns into gossip. Yeah. 
So it is important. But you came to me in this relationship from the very start and was like, I find it helpful. And I have always talked to my girlfriends about this. And I, I was very clear, like, okay, I'm okay with that. But I don't want you talking to like guy friends about our issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and... But this, our relationship has been different because usually I do keep things to myself mm-hmm. and very rarely do I go to other people. But since you went to your friends, I have gone to my friends to talk about things in this relationship. Did you find that it helped? Yeah, it was, it was helpful. I think some of your conversations with your friends were extremely helpful to me. That's good. Yeah. You even said that. You're like backtracking right now to prove your No, point. it was helpful, but I don't know if it was necessary. Yeah. I think it was helpful. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it was necessary. That's that's the three things. But it was helpful. It was. I I think choose wisely. And that's gonna be a trial and error if um if you can, sometimes when you are, it's just between the two of you and both of you, depending on where you are in terms of your self-awareness and your emotional maturity, yeah, you could kind of just be stuck in this really frustrating, cyclical back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. And not having an outside party's perspective. Um, one of the one of my main confidants in a lot of things is my older brother, who's one of my best friends. And he knows me because he's known me for 33 years, but he's known me as his little sister. So every relationship is just kind of a reminder that everyone's outside relationship with you is different. And that I think when it comes to the type of relationship we're talking about, so if you're talking about a romantic partner versus a coworker, everybody operates very differently based on whatever relationship you are in conflict with. Right. Mm-hmm. The way I interact with Kenji is pretty different than how I would interact with just a friend who maybe I'm just really annoyed by and don't like how flaky they are or something. You know, my emotions will be different. The way I argue with Kenji versus a friend would be very different. How I approach them or, you know, confront things would be really, really different. So just keeping those things in mind, just choose wisely, go to somebody that also won't make it worse. Like there's other people, be aware. Some people don't have your best interests at heart. That's pretty sucky to say. But I've had friends where they might have been in a bad place themselves. And so they kind of wanted to drag me into that place with them a little bit. So when I was doing badly with the relationship, they kind of, you know, it's that's a that's a, a risk that you're taking. You don't know where that person you're confiding in is coming from. If they have a really bad track record relationships, they might be really bitter. And so they're just like, oh, well, your partner's piece of crap. So just like forget about it. Just break it off. You know, it's just not sound advice. Right. So also, it's been helpful that we've communicated when we do go to other people to talk about our relationships. We've been open about, hey, I talk to so and so about X, Y, Z. Yeah. Like we've communicated that. Or I would tell you, hey, I think I'm going to talk to so and so about this. You didn't tell me that preemptively all the time. Not all the time. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. But you yeah. tell me after, like, oh, I talked to my friend. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I tell you right after. Yeah. yeah. And the disclaimer, too, the thing that Kenji and I have dealt with is, like, he has a lot of girlfriends. And, like, that can be hard for me. Like, you've talked to more girlfriends about our relationship. Oh, for sure. I, I do guys. talk to, yeah. And I've genuinely asked, like, I think you need, I would love if you had a guy friend that's married or somebody that you really respect and trust, whether it's your dad, your brother, or friend, like, that you could also gain perspective because reasons. Like, I just, yeah, like, for sure. I think your friends are great. It's not, but it can get murky. So keep that in mind too. Like, again, whether you're in a heterosexual relationship or, or not like whatever the relationship is people have their agendas too <laughs> yep next question so next question just choose wisely choose wisely um do all conflicts need to be resolved if no. not where would you draw the line for conflicts that just aren't worth it and how to know when to call it quits like the conflict quits or the relationship quits either both Again, there's petty conflicts that I think aren't worth our time. <laughs> I've learned that. Yeah, like Randall Park and Jimmy Chin. Yeah. Um, Keep reviving it. Again. Ice cream. Ice cream flavors. We all know that. that oh, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but how do you know when to call it quits? 
when conflicts keep arising? The relationship? Yeah. Or, yeah. Which conflicts could, should, and lead to the end of a relationship? I don't know. I think I've ended most of the relationships I've been in, and I always wasn't sure if it was the right decisions, but I felt like if we ended it and if it was the wrong decisions— if it was the wrong decision, it would work out again. Mm-hmm. Like if it was meant to be, it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, as soon as I broke up with a girlfriend, they would start dating someone else or like things would be a lot better in their life mm-hmm. or my life. Like you just find yourself happier um, or they would and I would be miserable. But either way, it was better for one person or the other. And I would see like, oh, Okay, like but that's they're kind in a better of place. after you've decided to end it. So what kind I'm of- one of those like let's test the waters like maybe it is better that we fight so much so maybe it is better that we break up. Mm-hmm. So I would just be like we're going to break up. And they even if they were like no, I don't think it's the right decision. I'm like we're breaking up. So you're the dumper. Yeah, because sometimes you just have those love goggles on and you, you're just like Stockholm syndrome. You're like in this relationship that's terrible and you don't see it and everyone else can see it. Mhm. And so I will be the one that says, like, okay, we're done. So then if, I guess what I'm gleaning from your commentary is that if if there's a clear indicator that even outside parties can see that you're not happy and, like, it's causing you more harm and discomfort and negative negativity. And we're just fighting a lot. Yeah, then the good, I think that's a clear Like losing indicator. sleep. Yeah. And I don't lose sleep over much. Yeah. But if I was losing sleep over a relationship, that's a red flag for me, and I know that about myself. And I and I go into breakups thinking, maybe this isn't the right choice, but if we're good together and we're meant to be, then we'll get back together in like a month or two. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we don't. <laughs> so <laughs> then it wasn't meant to be. It's like, okay. So you're very selective of like this meant to be thing. So you're also like, no, it's when two people decide to work it out or not. But that's the thing. If people are meant to be, they would get together and work it out. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's the the way I'm interpreting the question is is as we grow as humans, we're going to constantly keep clarifying what our values are. So if somebody is at direct odds with my values, like okay, say we don't disagree, Zoe, not don't disagree. If we don't agree on something, but it's I go very much on like how the person treats me. If they dis, if we disagree. But they're super just like a dick about it. And they're very condescending. They have no room for my differing opinion to coexist with their differing opinion. Those are the things that kind of identify to me whether or not this relationship, be it a friend or a lover or a coworker that I'm trying to be friends with. Um, yeah, even work environments, those those are indicators that we're just not we, – we cannot happily, healthily coexist. Just I, I, I very much like I'm past a point in my life where like, OK, we don't have to agree about everything, but it's also how do we disagree? And if people can't be respectful, if they can't if they have to gloat or just be genuinely a terrible person about it, then that person doesn't need to be in my life. And if they don't if I put an effort like a sincere effort to resolve something and they can't even put a fraction of that effort back. Then, yeah, sometimes it's just like, okay, that's really unfortunate, but I guess this is something I'm no longer going to invest myself in, you know? I think how people act, um, not just what they say or what they believe or how or what they d- agree or disagree with you, it's how they go about it that really affects me. I don't like it when people are, um, yeah, just at odds with values, I guess. I think mm-hmm. we're, you have to identify those things for yourself, like— is it more important to be right or to be respectful or to be in harmony or to be whatever? There's just a lot of different things. So, yeah. When people start being vicious and start being, it's no. Is it better to be loved or feared? Oh, it's Michael Scott. No, it's Machiavelli. No, it's Michael Scott. I want them to be afraid of how much they love me. No. No, I was going back to Machiavellian things. Like, okay, of course. You're. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I guess we could associate that with Michael Scott. I feel like that cheapens the... I'm sorry. It's I think fine. it's Next. hilarious. Okay, this one's a funny one. But um, How to have a constructive, crucial conversation. 
All relationships will end up having difficult conversations or decisions that impact the couple, but how the conflict is initiated, conducted, and resolved is the key to a healthy long-term relationship. Was that a question or a statement? There's a lot of—he didn't ask what. It's just commentary. Oh, okay. Um, that was third party. Um— Okay, this is an answer to that last question because Tran is a really awesome woman and she answered with relationships that are meaningful require work and some conflicts are just a mask. The dynamic of partnership is fluid when the three pillars of growth, spiritual, psycho- psychological, and physical is no longer nurtured. It's time to move on. So, yeah, just pay attention to those three things. Um I actually would love to comment on, the, this wasn't a question, but this comment of how the conflict is initiated, conducted, and resolved. Okay. Is being key to any relationship. How do you initiate, conduct, and resolve? I think it's... Sometimes it's not that obvious to people, so I want to know your take on it. I don't know. One of the main things that I really fell for you, Kenji, was the fact that you would check in on me and ask me how I'm feeling. That's important. Yeah. That's, it was kind of mind-boggling to me. It's important in all relationships. Friendships. Yeah. Like, that's one of my pet peeves with, like, my quote-unquote friends is how often do they reach out? Mm-hmm. Um, and my stronger friendships, like, before I used to think if I don't hang out with my friends, like, on a weekly or daily basis, like, we're not close friends— but now in my in my age, your adult life, yeah, um, my strongest friends they don't live anywhere near me. But whenever we are in the same city or like parts of the country, we chime in with each other to be like, "Hey, I know you go to Boston a lot, or New York a lot, or LA a lot, or San Francisco a lot. Do you happen to be here?" And the fact that we still try to stay in touch and a lot of my friends are incredibly busy so that the fact that they reach out or respond right away and make time to connect or reconnect whenever we can is a big deal to me and that's not lost like their efforts aren't lost on me especially if they have like kids Mm -hmm. um what was the question I was like, you strayed away from your yeah, question, I went, but I'm very glad that you appreciate your friends because your friends are great. But the question was, how do you initiate, conduct, and resolve conflicts? And I said, I think it's great that you asked me how I'm doing. Oh, yeah, because reaching out, Just that shows in. that you care and that you're thinking of someone. And if you have impressions to reach out to people... Like, I do that randomly where I'm just going about my day and all of a sudden someone pops up in my mind. And I don't hesitate to text or Instagram message or whatever to say, hey, I just thought of you. Like, how are you doing? Um, I think it's important, especially to those you are in a relationship with or close friends or family, to reach out. And ask them how they're doing. Yeah, Yeah, and to ask how they're doing and to listen. And also when you're in a relationship whether you or the other person is particularly passive-aggressive, it is important, I think, to address it. I don't let Kenji get away with a lot anymore if I notice that he's not... I just read the cues. Like, you have to be able to read body language and be able to know the person and get a vibe. And then also really sincerely ask them. Not be like... And honestly, for me, I sometimes have to wait till I'm in a place where I genuinely want to know because sometimes I get annoyed and I'll be like, I don't even want to address this right now. I think that's part of my passive aggressiveness is to feel out how willing the other person is to break down my layers to actually like care to know what's bothering me too. That's yeah. part of it. Yeah. Like you will constantly bug me until I tell you what's wrong. Yeah. But also how you can help me is that you can answer me so that I don't have to ask I do you. sometimes. Yeah, you're getting better about that. But that was like a very... But I'm not always... Pa- okay, audience, I'm not always passive aggressive. No, you have moments. Sometimes I just come up and be like, hey, this has been bothering me. X, Y, Z, times a thousand. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. There's only a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> anyway. No, not really, but... <laughs> but... In terms of initiating these things, I think finding the right way and the right timing, sometimes there's never going to be a right time. You just got to make time. I really think that that's actually been a really big learning lesson for me. That the like past boyfriends that I had, it's never going to be 
a good time to argue. Never going to be a great time to like, hey, let's have a talk about something really awful or something I know you're going to get defensive about. But if you care about the relationship, you have to bite the bullet and just figure out a time. I even say I'm so much more direct with Kenji now. I'm like, hey, there's stuff I want to talk to you, but I want to wait till we're in person and I want to be able to talk to you about it. And I genuinely, because I kind of made a note about that, I can go about the rest of my stuff and be better about it. But then when we are in person, then she can't remember. So see, That's true. it's one of those things where you put off to the side and then you don't remember and it's fine. Shush. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just take care. I think, again, if you care, it'll show in your actions to be mindful of when and where and how you approach things. I think the act of approaching something in general is very rare. I genuinely was really reflecting on a lot of my past relationships and realizing how few and far between there were moments where a boyfriend would check on me and know that I, and also it was my fault too, because I would mask a lot of like things that were bothering me. But if I was upset or if I was quiet, kind of withdrawn, it really does matter a lot that they'd be like, Hey, are you okay? And just, I think, making a regular practice. Like, I feel so comfortable with Kenji. We've been through so many fights and whatnot. You know, there's different times where I'll just bring it up and be like, hey, how are you feeling about things? Are you feeling good? You know, and I'll make sure that it's at a time and place where we're not on the way to something. I think avoiding having these conversations while someone's driving on a freeway is helpful. Um, in person is better. Yeah, but have you seen... FaceTime versus phone oh, call. Oh, never mind. Don't um... fight on text. Yeah, I almost gave a spoiler. spoiler. Don't do that. I won't. Don't be that guy. Yeah, those are my pieces of advice on initiating and conducting. I think our fights have been way worse when we're texting back and forth. Is there any other questions? No, I think that kind of is it. Because all these other ones are commentary and reflections on conflict. Anything you want to say before we wrap? I think the most important thing is to better understand who you are and what you stand for and what you believe in mm-hmm. and being able to vocalize that. So by interacting with people that aren't just like you, go talk to people that are different than you. And to add to that, I think what when you do that, um, interact with as much patience and compassion you would like to be shown. Yeah, just don't be a jerk. That's the I love basically how you number. say it's so matter of fact. That's like the like, I had a um, I had a social studies teacher in two thousand one. So that would have been sophomore year. Oh, I just d- aged myself, dated myself. Anyways, I had a social studies teacher that said always, just don't be a jerk. He'd end everything with that, and it's very true, especially in high school. Can we play this back to you when we're fighting? <laughs> You get mean sometimes. Yeah, that'd be great. I think that would resolve, help you resolve a lot of things. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay, close it out. Come on. No, that's that's my thing. Just don't be a jerk. I think that's important. People are mean, especially in the days of internet where you're not face to face. People just troll on the internet. You're you're switching to like a completely different relationship. We've been talking about dating and personal relationships. Yeah, She's but even in dating, like- you even said I could take to account like take, use, eat my words. Mm-hmm. So it's applicable in every relationship. Just be nice. It's important. Yeah, I'll I'm try. serious. I know, and I am too. <laughs> I have to remember what matters to me most. I think everybody, we are all working on ourselves. But I think, again, the working is the work. (laughs) The doing. Not just theoretically doing, but practicing it. Talk to someone that maybe you're at odds with and finding a kind way or or a more calm way to communicate. That's like my whole episode. Did I ever talk about my dad? Anyway, it's like figuring out how to disarm my father has been like multiple decades of work for me. But I finally figured out how to do it. And that's worth it because now having a good relationship with my father, having a good relationship with my boyfriend, having a good relationship with coworkers and other people that I used to butt heads with, it makes my life so much better. It's just less stressful. And I feel better equipped. I'm like, okay, if we do bump heads again, we'll figure out how to deal with it. And that's that's a really good thing to feel. Not feeling so terrified of like, oh my God, if I disagree with so-and-so, it's just going to be a catastrophe. Like, that's not a good feeling to walk around with. So I wish you all the best of luck in resolving your conflicts. Um, Yeah, take the extra step and put in the work and also give yourself a break because it's not going to be perfect the first try or the 10th try, but just figure out if it's worth it. Keep going. 
Thank you, Kenji, for joining me. Yeah, of course. All right. So thank you to Marvin Yue, my producer and audio engineer, for helping out with this podcast. If you would like to support me and, and you know, indirectly support Marvin, please become a patron at patreon.com slash first of all podcast. Thank you to Aquafina for use of her song Yellow Ranger. Killing it always. And you can find me um, on Twitter and Instagram at Minjeezy. Just go to my personal page and follow me there. Also, you can find me on Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere that you find podcasts. I'm also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review if you enjoyed this podcast. And please share it with a friend if you think that this could be helpful to somebody. And I will catch you guys next week. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. We're the host of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Every month we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a wide variety of genres from contemporary to historical fiction, fantasy to memoirs, and crime thrillers to romance. Some of our past book club picks are Pachinko by Minjin Lee, Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho, and Devotion of Suspect X by Keigo Higashino. We also go over what's new in the Asian American literary world and chat with some talented Asian authors about their work. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.